Hey everybody, it's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up, or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another frightening but cool episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Here with me uh, is my co-host, which we'll get to in a second, because my name is Stefan Gearhart, your host for the evening. And like I said, I am joined once again by my um, virtual reality co-host and man with the most attractive nostrils I've ever seen in my entire life, Mr. Josh Rutledge. Why, thank you. Why, thank you. I actually have one nostril larger than the other, and uh, Kristen told uh, the girls it was because I've used my thumb to pick my <laughs> nose before, and it made it bigger. <laughs> You're a thumber. That's what I heard for sure. Um, no, we've got a really sweet-ass episode. I, I just want to say that. Um, we are doing a getting spooky episode with um, one of the actors from Walking Dead and Nashville, um Santiago Cirillo and uh he is just super cool I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview with him um it was an absolute blast that's all yep. I'm gonna say yep. um we had an absolute blast with him and we're gonna we're gonna get with that he's he's a, a friend of Keith Ages Keith hooked us up again um but not only is he an actor um that was on walking dead which is one of the coolest shows ever um but he's also a um paranormal himself he's been on many ghost hunts he's psychically gifted yep. and um my god this guy he's 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 everything i i he's get the total package he is the total package i can see why keith uh took him under his wing like he did with us yep. Um, but before we get into that, I want to get into our psychic word of the week from the Cyclopedic Psychic Dictionary. This week, the phrase that I have for you is um, symbiotic closeness. Okay, so what this says is that this is a spontaneous short psychic contact from a deceased person to an earthling for personal reasons. Contact is usually to assure the earthling that the deceased person is alive and still a friend. Occurs by a psychic vision or smelling a fragrance or tasting a food that can be associated with the friend but not associated with anything in the vicinity. Earthling is in a relaxed state to perceive the contact. 
So that reminds me a lot of what you were talking about with your granddaddy, how you could smell his pack of, or his particular brand of cigarettes and you don't have cigarettes in the house. That's correct. And to my knowledge, I don't think the people that lived there before us smoked either. The other thing that I, that I caught there that I thought was an odd placement is the use of the term earthling. (laughs) I noticed that too. Um, Which, which almost makes you wonder, is there anywhere else in the book that, makes the distinction of non-earthling um that 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 they had that they felt the need to use earthling in that definition yeah you know we we've talked about some other things before and it it spoke about contact it it didn't really say earthling It, it it usually says contact and so um but i mean this definitely says that someone is deceased and you know it gives a reference of other words and it says emotional um psi or um discarnate experience during sleep um so i i don't know i find that very interesting that she chose those words as well as if um like the movie cocoon they uh they went somewhere else right well or what i really thought of is that maybe you had maybe you had a connection uh, that reached out and that connection was not an earthling. Hmm. Like, you know, again, kind of, kind of along the lines of your uh, cocoon statement. What if you're, what if a great friend of yours is not human, not an earthling. And so the connection is made back to an earthling. I don't know. I'm probably reaching on this one, but no, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, man. I'm, it's kind of like the uh, the remake of uh, the day the Earth stood still, the one with Keanu Reeves, and I can only I'm only using this as a reference because I'm not it, I can't remember if it occurred in the first movie, in the first uh, right air, you know the the original is uh, at one point in time Keanu Reeves his character Klaatu makes um, a meets up with another of his species, another of his race, right, who has been living on Earth kind of gathering information and so it makes me wonder um if there are quote unquote um you know alien spies if you will living amongst us if you were to befriend one of them and they died would they you know potentially reconnect with you psychically that would be the distinction there between them not being an earthling and you being an earthling hmm I feel like you're not listening to me. I feel like you're like reading a book or something. No, I'm, I'm looking up other things in this to see, like you said, do they refer to them as earthlings? And she does not though. Um, in like, cause I'm looking up all the Claire's like the clairvoyance, clairaudient, clairsentient and things like that. Um, but she does refer to them as being able to tap into, uh, like a vibrational frequency, she says, either in within the head or in outer space. Well, see, that the, here's something that just clicked with me around all this. So in our Ingrid Cold episode uh, with Santosh, uh, we, we talked about, I can't remember if we did it in the episode or if this was a conversation that the three of us had post-episode, but uh, we, 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 I think we, we were, the three of us were talking about the ability to, if Ingrid really is dead and if he had a soul could you connect with that soul on the psychic plane right and so um to me this feels very um fate purpose type 
we were meant to read this this particular uh, word today because it has relevancy to the things that we're experiencing right now. This would be a situation where Indrid, presumably not an earthling per se, or maybe originally was an earthling, but has become something else, could contact us um, in passing yeah. uh, to convey some, you know, some connection. Yeah. Um, again, I looked up medium um, and she definitely talks about the etheric world as to where the intelligences are, but she does not refer to the medium themselves as a earthling. So very interesting. So symbiotic contact um, and, and it's imp- interesting because symbiotic, you know, implies, implies that it's, it's a two way relationship. Yeah, It's a two way relationship. So I find that very, very interesting. Something yep. to think about if you smell that cigarette smoke again. Yeah. You know, cause I, you know, it implies that that was used for you specifically because that's the trigger for you of your granddaddy. Right. Like that, that's what he's using to trigger you to, yep. to let you know he's there. Right. Yep. So, and, and oddly enough, I uh, I smelled it today. You know, it's interesting because I do that, um, and I don't know how much of this is psychic, but it's like every time I smell classic dial soap, especially the liquid, the regular orange dial soap. Yep. My an image of my grandmother because that's the soap she always had. Like I immediately think of her. Immediately mm. think of her. So. Um, and it's, it's a good smell for me. So, um, but yeah, I don't want to dwell on that, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. So, um, that was the, uh, so again, a lot of these things that come up seem to come up, uh, in line with the, the journey that we're on, right? These, yeah. What's interesting, Josh, is that I I actually, you know, when I do this, I just flip and I flip and then I kind of wait to see something grab my eye. And um, what's interesting is, is that two phrases grabbed my eye and I'm going to read the other one. And it's actually the one right before symbiotic closeness, because, you know, you were just saying sometimes these pop up and they are connected to the things. And well, this is connected to the thing because it's kind of the thing I just told you about last week. Uh, And it's the silver cord. Um, And uh, what this says is that the silver cord is an ethereal cobweb-like cable which contains an abundance of intelligent uh, of intelligence and energy and has the properties of elasticity. Extends from the sushumna in the human spine to the human being seed, the monad. Serves as a person's connected connecting link to the universe, making both all one unit, penetrates through one's ethereal bodies, connects the soul mind to the physical body during an astral projection, and at this time can be seen clairvoyantly coming out of the top of the head, a vital energy source composed of five tiny strands, each with a separate function necessary to sustain the physical body, which exists to perfect the human being seed also known as the spiritual cord in astral projection. So it's interesting yeah. that I just mentioned that to you and it was the one right, right before. So uh, yeah, I, that's why I felt well, like another, another little coincidence here for you. So uh, I had always imagined the, uh, the cord kind of being more like at the waist level, like almost like, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're, you know, spelunking or something, you know, you you've got your harness at your waist level. Or almost like an umbilical cord. Right. But the way that you just read that, it seems like it comes out of the top of your head. 
Yeah, and it's funny that she said at this time, as if it changes, it evolves. Well, so what's really interesting is, is last night as I was kind of preparing and getting ready to try to astral project, in my mind, um, with my eyes closed against my mind's eye, I kept seeing these waves of energy move up and then kind of exit out of the top of my vision towards the top of my head. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so then what does that have to do with, you know, does it have anything to do with the crown chakra or, true. or the third eye? You know, yeah. I don't know. Very interesting. This book was written in 1986. So I don't know if things have evolved since then, though. I do know that Santosh once said that our idea of the chakras has completely evolved. Um, and he doesn't believe the Western version of the chakras. He lear- learned the more, um, uh, you know, yogic version, um, in which there are many, um, very, very interesting. He said that it has evolved and shifted as well. Um, so very interesting, something to look into. Um, yep. but I want to move out of that. I want to get into our spooky news, uh, cause it involves, uh, everybody's favorite band, the Foo Fighters. All right, so the uh, the story that I have for you this week on Spooky News um, is actually shown up on a couple different things, but the one I pulled is from Loudwire.com, um, good rock and roll kind of music website. Uh, but this has been popping up all over the place. The headline reads, the Foo Fighters were taunted by ghosts while recording their new album. So, um, so this says that this is good news for Foo Fighter fans. It says last month, Dave Grohl confirmed that the Foo Fighters have finished working on their 10th studio album, but the process didn't come without its hurdles. Apparently the band had some company in the house they had rented and we call them ghosts. The rockers stayed in a house in Encino, California. This was built in the 1940s to work on their follow-up to 2017's Concrete and Gold. And while they were there, unusual occurrences started happening. I wish they had just said a house in California because then I would have been like, oh, my God, is that Jennifer Bear's house? (laughs) (laughs) The San Jose house? But no, it's in Encino. Um, Let's see here. When we walked into the house in Encino, I knew the vibes were definitely off. But the sound was effing on, the front man described of the experiences to Mojo. When they'd returned to the studio the next day, the guitars were uh, detuned, settings on the board hadn't been changed, and Pro Tools even had missing or mysterious new tracks. Roll said there were some tracks that were put on there that we did not put on there. Uh, but just like weird open mic noises, nobody playing on an instrument or anything like that, just an open mic recording a room. Well, eventually they installed baby monitors to see if they could gather any visual evidence of what was causing the disturbances. And while they didn't find anything at first, they later began to see things that they could not explain. Grohl continued, he said, when we found out the history of the house, I had to sign a freaking non-disclosure agreement with the landlord because he's trying to sell the place. So I can't give away what happened there in the past, but these multiple occurrences over a short period of time made us finish the album as quickly as we could. (laughs) And that works for all of us, right? The Foo Fighters recently called off their 20th, uh, 25th anniversary tour due to the coronavirus. Um, but hopefully we should have this album coming out in the next year. So, 
That's pretty awesome. I, I, want, I, I would imagine that that happens uh, quite a bit for bands, and they probably just don't pay much attention to it. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a, um, one of the topics on our list that I want us to do is a recording studio called The Mansion, um, and it is filled. They have tons of stories, um, apparently. It's like one of the most haunted recording studios there is. Um, but, yeah, that one's on there. Um, as well as you know the story of the roller coaster of love um that when they were recording uh down below them they were up on the third floor of this building on the second floor a woman was murdered while they were recording and this is true it's all been verified and you can hear to this day you can still hear the woman screaming a blood curdle scream um and if you know where to look for it you can hear it bright as just huh. bright as the sky dude like this woman screaming and she was being murdered down wow. down below and so there that was recorded uh for people and it's like god what what kind of psychic energy is there because it was being recorded as well exactly i mean that's it's forever frozen in uh, in that song. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and it's it's like I can't listen to the song anymore because it creeps me out. Because um, I, I wonder, know. I wonder if you know, and I don't want to necessarily uh, deter anyone from listening to the song, but I wonder if you happen to listen to the song and and play that part, if it would attract any energy. Uh, yeah, or if you're in the or you're in that home, you yeah, know, where that happened. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, that's our uh, spooky news for the week. So thank you, Dave Grohl, for sharing your story with uh, Mojo uh, and Loudwire covering that. And uh, let's go ahead and move right into some exciting creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Y'all, it's creepy. So Josh... We have some exciting, creepy catch-up. Um, you know, we have not been able to meet due to the coronavirus, um, but what we have been able to do is meet outside, outdoors. And so we met uh, this past Sunday, and I'm going to let you share the story, but I'm going to give you the setup here. We met this past Sunday um, to meet up. We were going to do a um, Fearscape Unhinged outside, um, by the fire um, and all kinds of stuff like that, but that didn't happen due to the wind advisory. Yep. So we decided to meet at a uh, cemetery, which actually we talked about last week that we were talking about we were going to do that. We did. We met at the cemetery on Hot Rod Haven, and we did an Estes method. Uh, mesh, excuse yep. me, an Estes method session um, for the both of us, and that was pretty cool. But it was what happened after we left there and decided to go out to uh, Waverly Park, um, which yep. is a place where if people remember, I had my dream about where I saw you um, as uh, the Mothman and as Indrid Cole. So, but what is it that we saw, Josh? Yeah. So um, we were, you know, I think that we were, you know, of course we got out there um, we're staring up at the stars as we like to do. Uh, we found Capella because Capella, what was was uh, moving for us uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, we decided to try something that I don't think anybody had ever done before, and that was to do a double Estes session. Right, because I had an idea while we were doing yours um, of, at the cemetery. Yeah, what if these weren't? Um, 
what if what if these weren't questions or answers to questions but they were messages and and what if we did them at the same time would they link up if we had two voices or three <laughs> right so yeah so we we kind of we both put you know headsets on and and i had the um the sb7 box and then you had your uh the app on your phone that allowed you to you know to, to tune and cycle through radio stations and so you know we were doing those um estes uh sessions and it i think you had set a timer on your watch for like 20 minutes or something like that and then uh you were going to wake us up so we started it or not wake us up but uh bring us out so we started at nine twenty-five, right um and uh it, you know 20 minutes later after we run through and recorded the audio of everything your timer went off you, you kind of you know you reached over and you tapped me on the leg and and um you know i can't you know so so you happen to look up at the night sky and you see something moving like you're like josh that's moving look up so we we both you know like look up and see um the uh these lights moving right at first we just saw the one and i thought well maybe it was the international space station right right right. but i mean it was so it was moving northwest to southeast Mm -hmm. at like 90 degrees uh from our position so when you think about the earth sky 90 degrees is directly you know kind of overhead and, and directly in front of you zero degrees is on the horizon and then 45 degrees is about you know if you're any good at geometry 45 degrees is split the difference mm-hmm. so these things were moving at 90 degrees uh directly at our position moving uh, northwest to southeast. well yeah it's like i saw that one and then I, I saw it like disappear 90 degrees above us right and then i was like okay get out and then we saw another one and then we saw another one and yeah. then we saw another one and, and another saw, one we saw a total of seven uh, mm-hmm. at that point, all kind of evenly spaced. And uh, again, when they reached the zenith, if you will, so directly above us, they disappeared. And what was really interesting is, is like, I remember I turned around to, to to face southeast and waited for them to reappear, and they never came out of the zenith, right? So mm-hmm. you, you would think that they would have reached an arc point, and then they would right. have continued on southeast. And, and that was actually evident with the when we saw the international space station which just a came few seconds later from which came north to south uh across the sky at like 72 or something like that like 70 degrees across the sky and we we tracked it from the time that it entered our view until the time that we could no longer see it so it, yeah it, i mean it, it went completely across the sky from one horizon to the other we watched right. it and so, it crossed the same intersection almost where the UFOs disappeared. Right. Right. So, and, yeah. And we, and we were able to pull up, you know, you know, did the ISS trek, you know, across our space? Did we, were we able to see it? And, and we were able to show that that was, in fact, the ISS. Right. Because we wondered. We wondered, was that right. the ISS? Because, you know, what, what are we seeing? We also wondered if it was the Starlink train. Right. Which we had talked about before, which is Elon Musk's, which is generating a ton of UFO sightings. Right. Right. So we, you know, we at the time we looked it up. Was that Starlink? So we looked because we up. wanted to know. Yeah, right. We, we we are all about the the paranormal, but we want to make sure we can verify right. it. 
So I think it, you know, you pulled up a website that had uh, kind of real time tracking of where the mm-hmm. Starlink stuff was and when to see it. And in, and in, in the cases, the two cases that we would have been able to see at that time at that night, uh, in both cases, they, they traversed the sky at like 69 degrees, which again, it would have been lower on, that would have been closer to like how the ISS traversed the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would not have disappeared at the zenith, uh, which is again, 90 degrees from our position. Also so I, tracking the time, it showed that it would have taken place during while we were doing our Estes session. So we right. wouldn't have been looking and that it only takes... It takes less than six, six minutes. minutes for the right. entire train to cross the sky, and um, which means we, we got, have seen this, God, probably 10 minutes after it would have finished. Yeah, so I think, I think that the timing was is that it was supposed to come through at 9.38, mm-hmm. takes six minutes to traverse the sky, which puts so that at puts us at 9.44. At 9.45, you tap me on the leg to come out of our Estes, dual Estes session. Mm-hmm. So we don't actually look up at the night sky until probably 946 or 947. Yeah, I would say so that's, 947. So that was... Which you know, is odd since your dream that you shared last week said that you saw a UFO and looked at your watch and said that it was 947. 947. And also in, the, in my dream, it was a crescent moon out. Mm-hmm. And that's what was out the other night. As well as Venus. Venus was in the sky as well and very, very big. Um, but what's best about this, Josh, is that it didn't end after ISS. So there was a big break. Right. So, so we so thought it was done. While we're doing the research to, to rule out, you know, what people are going to say it was, um, or to confirm if that's, you know, I don't want to say that we went into the research to try to prove that it wasn't that, but, but, uh, but while we were doing that, um, we saw two other objects move in a completely different line. These minutes, two ob- minutes, minutes apart. Yeah. So um, this is probably, I would say like four or five, maybe even six minutes after we saw the ISS fly across. Which was after the seven we saw. Yeah. And so, yeah, one was similar to the path that the others were taking, though it was off by a hair, but the other one was going a completely different direction. Right. So the one that was kind of similar was still kind of going northwest to southeast, although a slightly different angle. And then the other one that we saw was going like northwest to northeast. Like it was kind of cutting across across the sky that way. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just really interesting. So I, I, I'm going to say, and in fact, uh, I submitted a MUFON report for us, for our sightings, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to say that we saw nine UFOs and that um, based on the evidence, based on the research that both of us have done and looking into the Starlink trains, as well as the ISS, as well as I found a site that tracks all of the uh, satellites that are currently or- orbiting the earth. And I went back and looked, and none of the satellites were passing uh, during the time that we were looking um, at that time of night, and that would have appeared at 90 degree from our uh, perspective. So, again, I'm going to all of that into consideration. I'm going to say that we saw nine UFOs. Yeah, the other thing is, is that the other images and videos of Starlink 3, which is the one that had passed over that night, um, show them so much closer together as if they're like a string of Christmas lights. These were spaced out so far apart. Yeah, I I would even say closer to the Christmas lights, almost like a string of pearls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were they were that that close to each other with in, different in the, sized lights and things right. like that. And like, that's not what this was, not at uh, all. 
not at all. And the fact that it disappeared mid, you know, Zenith, yeah. like the, the, the Starlink like that, that, I haven't seen any that disappear in the middle of the sky. Well, and I, I haven't seen any Starlink that, um, that a travels at the 90 degree angle. It usually it cuts kind of across the sky. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, look up Starlink, uh, tr- uh, you know, a satellite training, what you'll find is a lot of sightings of it kind of, you know, going low in the high horizon or maybe around 45 degrees or 60 degrees or even 70 degrees, but nothing flies at 90 to 90 degree in the, in the night sky. And then number two, like you said, um, you know, there are, I think there are six different Starlink trains that are up there right now. Um, and some of them are spaced a little differently apart from each other than mm-hmm. that string of pearls one. But even with that being said, I researched into all six trains. The We were only able to see two trains the night that we were out there. One of them occurred really early in the evening, like around 8 or 8.30. Mm-hmm. The other one that occurred close to where we were would have been the string of pearls one. And so there's no way that what we saw was a starlight satellite train unless they've put a seventh one out there and didn't tell anybody. Right. Well, what's interesting is, is that we theorized that if this was extraterrestrial in nature um, or, or government, whatever UFO doesn't always yeah. apply aliens. Right. right. But if it is that it's, it's almost as if it was using Starlink to kind of hide its wake. Yeah. It was a mimic, right? Yeah. Um, it, it was like, people are going to, they're going to attribute this to Starlink. So we're going to fly like Starlink. Right. And it almost, it almost felt like it was entering some sort of camouflaged ship or, or yeah, just, you know, cause even the two that came later still disappeared. And even that one that was sitting differently on the horizon, it was almost as if the ship had moved. Yeah. So the, the, um, the other thing is, is back on for anybody who's been, who's been listening uh, for a little while, Back on the episode that uh, would have come out right right around, um, let's say, January 21st, somewhere in there, I talked about this is actually where I introduced the spooky news story of Starlink because it related to a sighting that I had had on uh, January 14th of the exact same experience that I, that we saw the other night. I then attributed it to Starlink. Having gone back now from our experience on Sunday, having gone back now and researched uh, Starlink uh, for that date and time, I now know that that also was not Starlink. And that experience was exactly the same. A spaced out series of lights uh, that disappeared when they reached the zenith. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were very good by documenting our time. Um, and things like that on purpose. But the other thing interesting that happened is that I tried to videotape it. I could see all the other stars in the sky. I've got the new Samsung S20 Ultra 5G. It's incredibly accurate in terms of things, seeing things at night. I could see all the other stars in the sky. You can see it in my 17-second video where you just hear me frustrated, but you cannot see those. Yep, can't see the lights moving. And, you can't and see what- the lights and what's really and they were just as bright as the other stars minus Venus. Right. Well, and, and what's really interesting about that is that, um, you know, a couple of weeks back we talked about, or I think it might have been last week in our Creepy Ketchup, we talked about the uh, the Capella star moving around. Mm-hmm. And you were able to get that on video. And that star yeah. was probably just a hair brighter than what we saw moving in the sky that night. So yeah. um, 
So the fact that you were able to get that on video, but not these on video and your phone is what a couple weeks old. Yeah. So, you know, it it gets back to what, what uh, we've talked about before and what Keel talked about is that the phenomenon only lets you record what it wants you to record. It only lets you capture what it wants you to capture. So, Yep. Very, very interesting, man. That was, I, I mean, I was up all night. I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it. Cause then not only that we're going back and we're listening to the SDS method and then I've randomly got two different voices going on. Yeah. Well, that, that you know, that, the whole thing around the SDS method, the dual one was just really weird. It, it was like, I was having, I was channeling uh, two uh, individuals who knew each other and they were talking about like their kids or something and then you were channeling uh, two, you know, two or three individuals who were having a discussion, and one of those was really, really odd, and that it would just, it would just drop to like this really low register voice, uh, and say like you would be talking in your normal annoying Stefan voice, and then all of a sudden you would hear no, like in this kind yeah, of. Yeah, it was weird, and it's like, and it's not like it was some other voice. It was definitely my voice, but yeah. I don't recall. Um, dropping your register dropping my register nor and and truth be told because of the ufo sightings i didn't even remember the things that i had talked about let alone dropping my register you know um and i don't know if that was just the short-term memory loss or i was like tapped into something or i I don't know i mean i definitely opened myself more than i ever have before um because we were in waverly park near waverly and things like that and so i was kind of allowing something you know, to come in, but, <clears throat> but yeah, so, I mean, it, and we will, uh, we'll be putting that audio up on, uh, YouTube, uh, in the, in the coming weeks for anybody who wants to check that out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, we got a couple of names, um, from that audio. Um, and I think there'll be probably some more to come on that particular, uh, audio uh, clip that we got. Agreed. It was around 20 minutes or so. And it, it is just very, it, it's a little bit like uh, going going to a family uh, event, in uh, which nobody can go to right now because we're all stuck in our houses. But going to a family event and listening to all the different conversations that are happening, and then trying to trying to parse out what is what is re- what is relative to each one of the conversations. And so when you listen to that, keep that in mind: is that I don't think having gone back and listened to it, anything that I was saying was relevant to what you were saying. So that, yeah. that, that particular theory around the Estes method, dual Estes session, I think at least for this particular uh, situation is a little, is a little uh, debunked. Yeah. But what, what is true is I, I, again, I don't know that it's necessarily answers to questions and yeah. it almost feels like this is something I can do on my own and record to. Yeah, and, and that's actually what I was thinking is that uh, I might actually do an Estes session and record me just whatever comes out of my mouth and see if it means anything to yeah. us. And, 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 and in fact, I mean, I, I think I shared the other night, uh, having gone back and listened to some of the ones that we've done that we did before, uh, they didn't necessarily mean anything then they mean more now uh so it's almost like time time is relative right out of out of time if you will it's interesting though i told brad brad was asking me about the sds sessions and stuff and i was like it's interesting i never really thought about how much trust 
it takes for us because you know you're blinding yourself and deafening yourself and i have yeah. to completely trust that you're not going to mess with me that you're not going to do anything you know to me um and then when we're out in um nature it's even more scary because we don't know who's going to come up you know that's what was right about doing the double ss method was that we couldn't see or hear anyone around us. I mean, anybody could have robbed us. And <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know. um, well, and uh, yeah, so it, and that's true. Even the, the one we did that was outside of Waverly uh, Hill Sanatorium, mm-hmm. that was even, I think, a little even worse. I don't know, worse is not the right, but, but a little more, I guess, scarier is Jarring. that. Yeah, because there was entities out. You know, we were so close to something that, right. it was that almost- has been – it was almost scarier for the person not blindfolded. Right, right, because you're sitting in there basically by yourself uh, interacting with things. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was... Well, let's let's move on unless you got any other creepy catch-up you wanted to share. No. I don't either. All right, because I really want to get – I know we're, we're running long again, so I want to get into this uh, getting spooky with Santiago Cirillo. So I'm really excited for you guys to check this out. So we're going to go ahead and move right into that interview. That's the high y'all nation, baby. That's the way we do it. We're just awesome, no? Yes. We're great, no? We are just amazing, ladies and gentlemen. We're in there. All right, so we have a very, very cool interview, uh, getting spooky with uh, actor Santiago Cirillo. Thank you so much for for doing this for us, Santiago. You're welcome. Hiya, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, man. That's that's You're jamming right with us. We're crazy right. as hell, man. Um, but yeah, we're, we're so thankful to have you on here. Not only are you an actor, but you love paranormal stuff. You're buddies with Keith Age and all the Gibson work on the guitars, man. I mean, you fit in the rock and roll ghost hunter like nobody else, man. Oh, dude, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, but it led me to a great, um, great path, man. It got me into actually doing the gift I have and everything so I'm very honored and blessed went through it all yeah absolutely um and so most of our actors know you from Walking Dead and Nashville um so those are two very very cool shows um especially yeah. Walking Dead since we love paranormal and I'm a yeah, exactly. Walking Dead fan and uh so it was really great to uh see a character that I loved in fact I signed uh the petition on change.org trying to get you to come back Oh, nice. You know, uh, there's some good stuff about that coming soon. So hopefully it works out, man, and we'll see where it leads to. Because, man, you were on your way to the bus, and I was like, he's going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of hard, you know. Latinos don't last that long in horror movies. That's just damn true. So I go in there, you know. We're the guys that jump on grenades. No, run. I'll save yourselves and... Not me. If I was in the movie, if I was running, I'd be the first one out the door. To look, I'll tell the story. That's me too. That's me too, man. I I'd be tripping people along the way. Be like, get them. <laughs> like that like that episode of Seinfeld where uh, George smells smoke and runs and like pushes the old lady out of the way to get out the apartment first. <laughs> exactly. yeah, that's it. That's it right there. <laughs> so awesome, uh, so man. so yeah. So Santiago, um, just a couple of. Uh, kind of like some introductory questions for people who may not know um you know maybe not who you are maybe they've lived underneath a rock for the last couple of years um so i i I know that in looking at your bio uh i think on imdb and i don't know how accurate it is so so correct me if i'm wrong but i think it said you were in the army is that correct 
Yes, I was in the infantry. I was at a station at Fort Campbell, third of the five hundred second. So that's here in Kentucky. Yeah, uh, yeah. The actual Fort Campbell is in the borderline of Kentucky and Tennessee. Yeah, that um, oddly enough, that's where my grandfather in World War II was stationed. Um, he was there because uh, I used to live in Campbellsville. And as he got older, he kept thinking I meant Fort Campbell. And so he would always be like, you know, I was, I was stationed yeah. at Fort Campbell. That's, yeah, <laughs> um, that's what it was called back in the day. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, what a cool what a coincidence man kentucky kentucky even you know that's where robert kirkman's from is lexington so yeah i've been out there i've been out there in uh christian is was it christiana uh yeah yeah yep cynthiana yeah. cynthiana cynthiana yeah that's what it is Ooh, yeah i'm so bad because i was at the, i got uh they treated me on their bread bed and breakfast and stuff nice there for a, a movie premiere a paranormal horror movie actually nice so we did the premiere at their theater downtown, and it was pretty cool. So we uh we had another guy on uh, I don't know probably what Stefan it's been six or seven months ago Steve Stanick. Oh yeah, Steve Stanick, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, and he was telling us because I think he was a Marine. I think I want to say, and he was telling us all these crazy uh, paranormal uh, stories that he had when he was deployed. I don't know if you have any uh, paranormal type stories from when you were in the army. No, not really. Um, I had like a lot of things when I was a kid and so forth and teenage kind of. and But um, I didn't know what I had until um, I was invited to a lot of these uh, actually haunted facilities and mm. ghost hunters and some investigators, you know. Yeah. And me thinking, oh, this is full of shit. This is <laughs> crap. Ah, this ain't real, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, and... Um, Every stuff that I felt when I was a kid came back to me, and um, stuff that it is un—it's like unreal in the human eyes. Yeah. Uh, happened, you know, and made people that been in the business for over thirty years flip out. They're like, "Oh my God, what energy do you have?" <laughs> and, um, I, I always—it's like um, it all clicked, you know, it all clicked together. So then. Um, Keith Age was one of the people who witnessed it. And this is like after I was like, man, let me try this again. It's like my third attempt. And, and it was in Kentucky, as a matter of fact. Um, so, uh, yeah, I met with Keith. And he's like, man, what the heck? This stuff don't happen like that no more. Yeah. You know, And it's like constant places that I was invited to. And I was just testing myself. And it's the same story. You know, film, uh, videos, recordings, um, you name it, man. And it was it was a, it was good because I wasn't carrying it, you know. I wasn't recording it or nothing. It was just people who were around me to show that I was I'm not a I'm not a how do you say a fraud or something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was literally a virgin into it, you know. I got my cherry pop by Keith Age. <laughs> As did we all, am yeah. I right? <laughs> Um, no, I, I similar story for Steven as well. I mean, he, you know, he had some things going on as a kid. He didn't understand it. And then he was in Iraq and he's pretty sure him and his buddy saw a gin, um, and some other things, but I'd opened the door I, and even myself. I mean, it, it took till I was in college to kind of understand what was happening because of uh, other people that came into my life. So that's, that's pretty interesting, man. Um, one of the cool things is, is I noticed that you're, um, you were raised in Lorain, Ohio as well which is, uh, I grew up in Toledo and Cleveland, so not too far from one another. 
Yeah, I grew up in um, in my spent my summers in uh, Olmstead Falls. So. Oh well, yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly where I am. Man, I've been all them. Since. I go to Dayton. That's film um, movies sometimes. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my mom lived in Olmstead Falls. And my dad lived in Toledo. So we spent our summers uh, in Cleveland and uh, the uh, other times in Toledo. So I'm a born and raised Ohio too. <laughs> so, nice guy fan, holy. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and and the uh, I'm a big book guy fan. That's yeah. me, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And then Stefan, what's what's the uh, what's the minor league team up there? You used to talk about all the time the minor Mud, league baseball team, the Mud Hens. Yeah. Oh yeah, Toledo oh. Mud Hens. Oh yeah, in in Toledo. Yeah, in Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the minor there's a lot of minor leagues in Ohio. Lots of them, yeah. Indian, uh, yeah, the Dayton. Toledo, Florida. Washington. Yeah. Well, don't they? I think don't they call it the Heartland, or is that something else? No, I mean it's the, the Heartland. Heartbeat. Yeah, the heart, the heart of Ohio, because yeah. it's a it's a yeah, big the heart. heartbeat of uh, heartbeat of America. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> so I so you kind of hinted at it and and so that has it's piqued my interest now and I, I really I really got to know um what were your experiences as a kid that that kind of resurfaced later on? Uh voices, uh movements, stuff, shadows, um the cold freezing spell like somebody went over your grave but you know someone's around um the feeling of someone breathing on you uh mm-hmm. touching um there was point where I, I used to walk at uh graveyards to get the peace and a lot of people graveyards in the older graveyards war history stuff i can see but the newest fresh graveyards to me is just you know, really not as old there. It's more cool because um, I've walked into graveyards that are ancient in history where you feel something different. And just someone's plot, you know, say so you still freshly grave, you know, fresh new ones, like uh, upgrade back in this, where I just know it used to be farmland, nothing else, you know. Huh. And yeah, just yeah. walk in and just get some comfort, peace, man. So I never tell nobody because you know, those are the where everybody was put on pills and AIDS or <laughs> to go on employment welfare to get your kid looked at, you know. Yeah, and they want to be crazy, you know. Yeah, it's something we when we a couple of weeks back we had uh, Todd Bonner on from Detroit uh, Paranormal Expedition, and that was something that we talked about is when he first got started into things, it was really taboo and almost severely frowned upon to be interested in, in anything paranormal. Um, and then, but, but over really over the last, probably what Stefan, about 15, 15 years or so, yeah. it's really started to, to ramp back up in that it's, it's really a, a strong part of our culture. Well, that, and some of it was the satanic pa- panic of the late seventies and eighties is that right, everything right. kind of occult and paranormal and supernatural tended to get lumped into that. And so yeah. I mean, that that made the evangelicals and the Catholics just go, hey, yeah, that's, those, God, those are the days where they spin the records backwards and all yes. of a sudden, oh, there's a hidden message. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, exactly. it's freaking Metallica. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, the metal bands, I mean, they were feeding off that. They were making money. So, I mean, it's all just. Yeah. 
whatever. But yeah, back then it, it was, it was very taboo. Um, you know, even my household was kind of a mixed household. Uh, you know, in some ways it was cool because my grandmother was into this stuff, but my dad was kind of like, eh, I'm not a hundred percent. He had some bad experiences when he was a kid. Um, but I had other friends cause we were all into it. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, you couldn't even mention anything like that or they would get in trouble, you know? So. Yeah, of course. It is. I mean, that, that's, you know, I was raised the same way, you know, I didn't see a Disney movie until I was 18. I pretty much, um, and fed the Bible since I was yeah. a kid and on. But um, one of the things is that when I went to these places and so forth and things started happening, um, it wasn't really about religion or anything. I think it, the reason what it was is that not only with the, the experience, the so far blessings I had when I was a kid, added to that, I got to experience a little bit of the death side. Um, I was bullied as a kid. I tried to commit suicide five times. Mm, you know, I, I went through through the times where I just felt, you know, God had my life on pause. Everybody was just constantly bullying me yeah. for every everything possible, man. You know I mean, I was in the days I was thrown in lockers and spit at through the lockers and left there after gym class. I mean, I could go on and on. Yeah. And um, other than that, you know, I, I found myself. I, I controlled my soul, my life. You know. Um, whether it was with faith or whether it was just a call of the wild, you can say. Yeah. Um, that's where the high nation came. You know, I took over my life and prayed out in the field and just said, you know, God, take this pain away or I'm going to take it away. Instead of amen, hallelujah, and praise the Lord, I was yelled, hi-yah. You know, <laughs> powerful, you know, universal slang for power, for energy, man. And at that time, I ran the world. It felt like, 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 infinity but it was like three seconds i could have called the bird down and bow down i mean i literally controlled knowing the power that i have so yeah. um i use that i use that to a lot of these facilities man and it brings so much positive energy to these facilities that it actually you know when we go on these hunting trips and all that it's a lot of negativity people are they feed off fear yeah have for so sure fear and have so much you know of negativity about how oh, this is bullshit this ain't real you know, and, and tease, and you don't know, if you don't, it's just like science, man, if you don't study and know the paranormal and the after effect of life, you're not going to understand the things that you're about to witness. Yep. You're just going to go in theory. Oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. I mean, you gotta know everything is a mystery, but with us being professionals, we can fill in that path, that empty space to show you, man, it ain't, you know, 10 demons attacking you. It can literally be you, your mom giving you a sign like, hey, play the lottery. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it, it really, uh, you know, I think that that's probably true for a lot of things, but but 100% true for paranormal is uh, if you have those preconceptions of what you think it is, then that's what you're going to get out of it. Um, but if you have, if you're open to what it could be, then you're more uh, likely to have a more positive experience, I think. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Right. Um, I carry it all with, man, look, when I go to these places, I carry it all with respect. Um, make sure I say a quick prayer, say, tell the, tell the souls, the spirits, the afterlife, say, I'm here to respect you. I'm yeah. here to take advantage of you. I'm not here to uh, try to disrespect you. I'm here out of respect, and here will follow your rules, you know. And I yell, hi ya. I yell, I, I, it's like I release the positive energy. I love and it, it man. just triggers something. It triggers, yeah. 
triggers it and people flip out because the, the people that were with me always have their own video, their own voice recordings. I mean, I could go on with stuff they had and just, they ran out of the place. Like, oh my God, never, we're getting too close. You know, it's like we're getting too far into it. So is, is there a, um, is there a certain um, experience that you've had recently that, uh, you know, that you might want to uh, expand on or, or talk about? Oh man. Um, this like the first time I ever went and got invited was in Kentucky, in Lexington, Kentucky. There was a house that was over a hundred something years ago, where at the bottom of it had slave tunnels. Mm-hmm. And um, we had some investigators in there, like three different groups. We were at a Comic Con, a horror Comic Con, and they were like, "Hey, come on, let's go and investigate <laughs> this house," you know? Yeah. And uh, the owner of it left it in the '80s. I mean, he literally left it just like it was in the '80s. He wow. said, "Wow, kid, he was haunted." His uh, family gave it to him when he was a teenager. So he said things started getting thrown places. He just couldn't live in it at all. Wow. So he just had a caretaker and he left it. He's like, don't take nothing out. Don't nothing. He believed stuff was attached to it. <laughs> and so he left it. And then he, uh, you know, out of uh, drinking discussions with his friends and he gave him the keys. He goes, have fun. Man, I walked in there. It was literally a, a frozen time capsule. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> unbelievable, man. It was 80s, everything. Um, but the house had a, it was three floors, the basement, you know, the middle floor and the top floor. And um, they haven't even plugged their stuff in yet. Everything started turning on, flickering. Wow. Jeez. You know, and I was, I was yelling, hi, yeah, at two o'clock in the morning, you know, like, <laughs> Like ready, like felt the energy where you know you, you go down a roller coaster and you just got no choice but to scream because you felt that big anxiety, that big you know free fall effect, and that's what it was. And I yelled hi ya, and then they were like, "Man, it's two in the morning, you can't be doing that." It's like I'm telling you, I'm feeling <laughs> something. I'm feeling something. <laughs> well, uh, I'll share this with you, Santiago. So I'm I'm pagan now, um, but one of the things that we do in um, our rituals is that we raise the cone of power, and yeah. your haya sounds exactly like what we do. We raise this energy, and then we, and with us, we'll chant or we'll do different things, and then it's this kind of this punch at the very end where everyone screams, and it, it just releases this energy as a way for us right. to connect to the gods or connect to the spirits that are in the circle with us. Um, so I, as soon as you said hi I said, I already know what you're doing. <laughs> and well, I, yeah, it, it literally, anything, yeah. any negativity that you can think of would disappear. Yeah, uh, absolutely. There's certain places yeah. in these rooms where people think that, oh, this is where the medicine man always attacks women uh, and, and beats up people and scratches people. Man, it, it totally flipped it around. It's yeah. like a celebration. Well, I, I remember um, in, my, uh, in my youth, probably maybe a year my parents uh, enrolled my brother and I in a karate class. And uh, I don't know why, I, I guess they thought it would be uh, beneficial for us. It, all, it, all it did is spend a lot, spend a lot of money. Yeah. But anyways, <clears throat> um, I remember one of the things that the uh, instructor said in the karate class was that <clears throat> when you, you know, when you punch or when you, whatever you, you know, you say something like that, hi-ya or ya or, or hi or whatever. And it's, yeah, in the, yeah. 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 And those, and those, those verbal, 
uh, statements um, are really just a representation of the power that is behind, you know, behind whatever you're doing. And so that's, that's really, you know, I, I do the same thing. I don't verbally say anything, but as soon as when I go into a place or when I, where I engage in something, I, I kind of, uh, focus internally and, and, and imagine like a, uh, like a ball of, of white light that expands, you know, beyond me. So, I, so I'm doing even the same thing. I'm not verbalizing it like, like you and, and, and Stefan are doing, mm-hmm. but, but we're all kind of, I think the intention is, is to, is to kind of wash away, if you will, or, 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 put so much positive energy into a space that there's no place for that negative energy to be. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yep. It's like scaring fish, you know, like when guys fishing, he's like, shut the hell up. I'm trying to fish. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Cause you do exactly right. Yeah. You make a big noise. They're gone. Right. Dude. I I went in this house after yelling that and they had the cameras and a whole bunch of stuff. There was a basement that literally dropped where my breath, you could see smoke out of my breath. And it was 80, 90 degrees weather. Mm. And it just smoked coming out. Mm. Wow. There was a hole in the wall where they had the tunnels. And when they were there, the the walls were black first. And all of a sudden, they got maroon red to the point where it just, you saw blood stains everywhere. Uh. Wow. Just everywhere. And then um, went up, uh, they had the voice box, and it was asking for me to go upstairs. Went up, up to uh, one of the room openings and I almost fainted because it's like I released something that was trapped there and needed good energy to get out. Mm. Um, they had a video of a young girl. This was like Little House on the Prairie, 19, 18 something, mm. hundreds kind of deal where they had a little girl following me, trying to hold my hand through the whole, they had this all on video. Wow. Um, so that was like my first, one of my first experiences. And then I've been everywhere from Tombstone, to New York, uh, 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 asylums everywhere. I haven't been too many in Kentucky and so forth, but um, everything's the same. Yeah, I had I had a voice box at in a hospital that that you could hear the whole ER, the nurses being paged, doctors being paged, ambulance doors opening, people trying to get registered in for like wow. fifteen seconds. You know, and then I had. Um, um, shadows that just followed me everywhere i had orbs that went through me like i was a huge star where i, I had <laughs> grid boxes that got filled but you couldn't even see the grids no more inside of the room yeah um, it's it's interesting you you have a very similar um to myself and my sister my sister and i even though we're a year and a half apart we call ourselves twins and yeah, uh, she, she's always been able to speak to spirits and i can feel things and do different things and uh a psychic once told us that Everywhere we go, he just sees spirits around us. He, you know, he said to, people like us are like a stage for them to play on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and that's what your story just reminded me of. It's like it's like you're a stage, and they're looking for that stage. You know, and not everybody has that. So, so if, if you are the twins, does that make you the Wonder Twins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Activate. Yeah. Yep. I'm form of water. Yeah. <laughs> you have to carry me in a bucket. <laughs> Grab the bucket. That's the only reason they had the that's the only reason they had the monkey leak with him was so that he could yeah. carry the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so Yeah, but yeah, dude. I mean I I'm in that era, man, where it's just Yeah. I'm so, very intrigued. And you know, being like a ghost magnet, it it, it 
man, it attracts so many people that are in this industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I go to these paranormal cons and I'm getting mediums and palm readers and gypsies. Everybody's like, I'm, I'm yes. You know, they yes. hear voices or, you know, I feel like I'm on Tinder. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, please. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about, man. <laughs> so so it sounds like that somebody needs to invent the paranormal Tinder app because what I'm hearing is. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Call it ghosted, man, because that way if you, if you swipe left, you're ghosting somebody. <laughs> yeah. hey, if you could be a professional hugger, I mean, mm-hmm. you could do that. Yes. <laughs> So it sounds like uh, Santiago that you're on like so Stefan and I uh, are very much on like a journey, a, an exploratory and a and a and a, and a, um, a growing journey in our in what we understand and, and what we and how we comprehend the paranormal. And, and it it's sounds even like becoming that, spiritual for us, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And so it sounds like that you're you're either on or you're you're deep within in a similar type journey. Oh yeah, I'm. Um... Dude, it is, if the stories that I actually physically, you know, went through when I got introduced to this are unreal, you know, passing out in a hallway, waking up in another room, people are flipping out because the room is filled. They're like, you were not there. We were just sitting on that couch and I show up laying down. You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable, you know, and you can't explain it to people unless they're part of your peers, you know, unless they're like part of the paranormal world where you know they're like yeah i can i can see what's going on you know and they not just help me build in this journey but uh, understand it more right yeah i mean it's it's you know it's something we've talked about a lot is that uh, there seems to be an overwhelming need for most people to assume that you're making it up yeah right right that's one reason it's any 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 anything else in the world you wouldn't have to go to the links that you have to go to to prove to someone that this really happened. Yep. That's exactly right. I don't have to do nothing. And, and most of the people that get involved with me, um, they get, they get all the rights to everything, whatever you film, whatever you record, it's your rights. You guys put it out there. Yeah, that's cool. And, that's and awesome. that way it's not attached to me. I don't get no money off of it or nothing. Yep. Let them show what I have to prove that I'm not a fraud or any kind of, you know, it's just I'm walking in this room and boom, it just hits. Right. <clears throat> well, and that's you know that 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 harps that kind of gets on another another thing that we've talked about recently, which is it seems like if you're if you make any kind of money off of anything that you do in the paranormal realm, that automatically brings into question your uh, your honesty or your credibility uh, in the story. And so it's it's awesome that you know you're just basically saying here, here here's the evidence. Uh, I'm not making anything off of the evidence. So you guys, you know, there's no reason to question my credibility or my authenticity. So take right. that. Hi-ya. <laughs> Hi-ya. It's addictive. You're going to be addicted to it. I'm already a karate kid, man. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we were talking about that, how, you know, you look at some of these um, paranormal cases. We had Andrea Perrin on a couple weeks ago and we ran across a uh, episode of another podcast completely thinking that her and her whole family made up the whole thing because they sold the rights to the Conjuring movie and things like that. Here it is 40 years later, whatever. And yet, you know, a detective can write a story about his entire time as being a detective and no one questions him for making money. Right. 
you know, but she wants to tell her story to let people know how they handled it. Cause she wrote three books as well and how they handled it and how to overcome it. And yet therefore she's a money hungry bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's the media for you, man. Yeah. But I'm telling you what, I mean, if I've had a lot of stuff happen to me and if anybody came up to me and said, man, your story is, is just insane. Can we write a book about this? Can we do a movie? We'll pay you a million dollars. I'm going to say, yes, sir. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm like, well, hell, I'm like, I was like, it'll save me money from doing scratch offs. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I'm who, like, who would turn that down? Who would, who would like, say, no, that's okay. that's okay. I just, I look at things, you know, like the Amityville haunting, and maybe that guy was messed up. Maybe not. But it's like, man, those families went through so, why would you put your family right. through all of that on the hope to come? Right? Like, hope. God, it just drives me nuts. It just drives me nuts. Yeah, man. Just, and you gotta be, that's why people have to be more educated. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's, and that's what we try to do on here is we, yeah. try, we do a segment every show called creepy catch up to share with people the things that have happened to us because these things have happened to me and you can be a skeptic or not, but I know my story. I know the right. things that have happened to me. I know the things that Josh and I have seen together, the things that my sister and I have seen together and felt together and, and, and with bigger groups and stuff like that and be a skeptic. I don't care, but I know my story. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it just so happens to coincide with hundreds of thousands of other people in the world. So. Right, exactly. That's the thing is that when you, you know, as, as a skeptic, when you take a look at something and you say, I don't, I don't believe that that, you know, that that happened. Well, that's, that's your right. You know, you, you have the right to say that you don't believe, but don't discount the experience or the shared experience from so many others, right? Don't, mm. you know, don't, it's not, it's your right to have an opinion. It's not your right to force your opinion on somebody else. Correct. Oh, of course. I, I mean, I, I get into it a lot with people. And they're like, well, you grew up, raised up Christian. I was like, let me ask. <laughs> if you don't believe in ghosts, then why do you believe an angel would help somebody in a car wreck? <laughs> <laughs> yep. We just, we do a YouTube show called Fearscape Unhinged. And our next episode is actually about that. <laughs> yeah. About the- yeah. I mean, that, that's just simple, simple stuff. You know, I had a preacher talk to me. Da, 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 and I was like, then, well, why do you have a painting of this guy with a beard and blue eyes on your wall? Yeah. And, you know, what are you talking about? I was like, there's no description of Jesus Christ in the Bible except for the second coming, which is just about his hair and his hand. And he's like, well, you got to, I was like, no, you're blasphemy. You're blasphemy. You know, and he got in an argument about it. But like I said, you know, you have to know the facts. You have to know the investigation. You have to know the material that's out there. Besides people trying to market you. Right. Yep. When it comes to markets about money and popularity it doesn't come about back right you know something that uh i think i've said this quite a bit uh, over the last couple of episodes and it's it comes it's a paraphrase from something that i read in a john keel book uh but it basically is uh the death of objectivity is belief and so uh the moment that you say i'm going to accept one 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 possible solution or one possible truth as the only truth you're going to believe in that as the only truth that you've just lost all of your objectivity right mm. yeah because you, you don't concentrate on the full facts you can't just get one piece of the pie you got to know the whole pie yep. exactly yep. you got to know where the where the pie was made. <laughs> what, what who, exactly. Who doesn't want a whole pie? I mean, right. <laughs> you know, right now I could, I could really go for some caramel pie from Ochar. Oh my God. Get quarantined. 
Load the, the nutrition down, buddy. There's only certain rolls of toilet papers allowed in our house. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but fiber in our diet. Yeah, no, yeah, no fiber, protein for a while. Drink this milk water. Flavored water. Yep. Um, well, let me ask you, we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit here and talk a little bit more about you. And I was curious as to after you got out of the army and stuff like that, how did you get into acting? I mean, what was the lead into that? Man, it was just, uh, I was, I'm a people person, you know, after going through some depression and life being bullied, I, I love people, man. I don't care where you're from, what you're about, you know, you could have three legs or nipples, I don't give a shit, <laughs> I'm gonna love you, you know, so that's how I was, and I always gave more hugs than shaking hands, you know, mm-hmm. I had women shake my hand, and I told them, you squeeze it like you're powerful, it's gonna be squeezy, handshakes, you know, try to motivate people. Yeah. And give them a little bit of my story, and people get attracted to it. And at the same time, I had friends all the time saying, "Dude, you need to be on. You need to be on TV." And I'm like, "All right, I'll try." So I did like auditions for some top agencies. Got signed up on the spot, man. So That's I ended awesome. up going through classes and getting tutoring and try to get involved in the not just the acting but the business side. Yeah. Um, I was making freaking almost 70000 plus by myself as a paralegal in Nashville, and I gave it all up to be acting, you know, different choices and different routes it took me. And I just think it's the right thing. Yeah. So um, yeah. within a year, I was yeah. on TV, and then it kept on. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm an actor myself. I do, um, but I mostly do improv. I teach. I run an improv school and do improv comedy. Oh. But, yeah, I've been acting and teaching and doing improv for 20 years man it's 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 an art form Dude, like, improv is so great yeah i always say the best actors are stage actors if you can improv and work on stage man that's fantastic dude i tell you what i can tell right away in in my intro class who has acting experience and who doesn't um you know oh, and yeah. i i can make you an improviser either way but boy i can work with you like nobody's business if you've got some acting training so there you go that's how you do it man it brings people's inner self out yeah i mean it's unbelievable talent out there yeah now, see me on the other hand i've been told stefan has told me numerous times that i have a face for print so <laughs> <laughs> well, i can do put printing on stuff people wipe themselves with you know all right Got a face for radio too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that love yeah. is right there, buddy. Oh yep. man, yeah, we've known each other. Oh, God, 20, 20, 22 years? twenty something years, yeah. yeah. Good times, right. ninety five, um, I think. But yeah, so we noticed that you uh, have been doing some paranormal related movies um, as well that look pretty cool, man. And so, uh, do you ever just seek those out because you, you like that stuff, or? They just come at you. No, you know, it's just a network. It's a network. It, mm-hmm. you know, media, comic cons, you know, it's always a business for me. I'm always in the interview, wherever I go. Yeah, the hustle, man. I, I know the hustle. Keith <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Age and a whole bunch of the paranormal guys we're talking about, um, and ladies, there are paranormal women out there, groups that were. Um, mentioning my name a lot and it got into a guy named Christopher Maggard who did paranormal stuff and was doing a movie called Rosalie based on two events mm-hmm. um, filming it at Post Town Elementary School um, actual haunting place in Dayton Ohio near yeah. Dayton mm-hmm. and um, they were like you want to film it for like a month 
we'll pay you. You know, we negotiated here and there for it. And then um, I was just a guest star on it. Like a guest, you know, one, like some character that was going to be killed off within the first 30 seconds of the movie. Oh, wow. And uh, his his lead actor bailed out on him for something. And he came and goes, man, I'll, I offer you this and that. And I was like, dude, uh, I'll take the lead role. And then we worked it out where um, we get to promote the haunted facility a lot. A lot of these haunted facilities don't get promoted. They, they're like museums, man. You got to yeah. keep them alive. And a lot of people need this money. So we made sure we made Post Town Elementary well known so people could come out there and create a bigger tourist attraction. So, um, yeah, I did the movie. And they kept telling me all these stories and everything. And I admittedly felt a vibe. Yeah. So, um, they made a, a, a suite out of two classrooms. I slept in that place for a month. <laughs> um, the Some of the production crew was on the, um, sleeping in there and they got attacked. Uh, the special effects crew ended up getting a hotel about a mile away from being attacked. Oh, wow. Um, they, they got rented a trailer, brought a trailer in so they could sleep out. In the wow. Side. I'm sleeping like a king. <laughs> They're like, what's wrong with you? I said, it's like me and Jesus the cool man. <laughs> so, but during that time, the owner got attacked. The guy that, that owned the place got attacked in there. And then they had a whole recording of a school session above me going on like at 2 in the morning. Wow. Stuff recorded and everything. But I, ended, I, had, great, you know, I had great experience. You know, I, I, Nothing bothered me. I respect it. I didn't mess around with it, you know, and uh, got to film the movie, and it ended up uh, winning Best Horror Paranormal Movie and some film festivals and Best wow. Special Effects. Very cool, man. Great on Amazon, and it's on Tubi. Yeah, I got other place, so got my list set up for you. <laughs> my, yeah, watch it, man. It's a great show. It's, I, uh, I love. Lee. I love. I saw. I'm. I, I love scary movies, so. Oh, your love is pretty creepy, man. And then, you know, I, I, that's what I do. I do a lot of horror movies. And write yeah, I horror. love I got, horror. I do books. I, um, oh, my God. I mean, I'm involved in it a lot. You know, I have a um, Beast of the Water. I got yeah. a movie of Beast of the Water on Hulu. And on, it's also on Tubi also. But um, it's like that, scary and horror movie. Yeah, I love it, um, yeah. And, and Josh, think- we need to hit up that um- – that school we're not far. Well, I was gonna say yeah well I think uh, Keith is doing something up there with like a it's like a fest yeah I think so yeah too. Keith does something up there and um I told him I said try to get Rosalie to play in the gym yeah and uh, we can uh try to do a, a meet and greet and everything just play it in there yeah absolutely and raise some money for the place and stuff heck yeah and we should um that's what I'm saying we should talk to the guy too see if we can get him on here so we can raise some awareness for it too yeah yeah That'd be cool That'd be good yep I love I love supporting my Ohio people. <laughs> there you go, buddy. I love, su- there I love, you su- go. love supporting paranormal people. So O H I O. Dad, you see, you're the man, dude. You got it going on. You should walk around in red carpet everywhere you go. That includes Walmart. That see, includes that's what Walmart. I te- that's what I tell my wife, and she doesn't agree. So. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so something uh, we wanted to talk to you about is, so we, we do more than, um, ghost related stuff. We talk about cryptids and Bigfoot and aliens and things like that. And so the first question is, is how do you feel about that stuff? And then have you had any run-ins with Bigfoot or aliens or any UFOs or anything like that? 
no, I haven't. I mean, I look up at the sky all the time and tell my wife, like, hey, that's watching them. There's some hovering, you know, <laughs> or, you know, I live in uh, a big farmland and I always joke around. It's like, I think Bigfoot somewhere out here. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I have studied it. I have studied it from not just watching YouTube shows, yeah. but I have studied and read a lot um, to the point where um, I have this book I wrote about the an apocalypse, but it's deals with course zombies and but I introduce the world with different creatures that you know science. Uh, vampires, Frankenstein. Yeah. It's a whole different concept. And one of the things I was studying that uh, to add to the second book that I'm working on is the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot. Yeah. And it's pretty cool in uh, um, the stories, you know, there's legends, there's certain myths, there's certain certain truth to it. But, you know, I always say, <laughs> I was like, man, we need to quit getting blurry pictures. Somebody needs to come <laughs> home, you know, and put a collar on them or something. But, <laughs> well, you know what? I, I don't deny it because look at the a market that's involved in it and the, the unexplained um, stories, true stories. Yeah. Why would people lie about it? Well, and going back centuries. Yeah. Well, and, and what's really interesting, I think, is that, uh, and there's a theory, uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of hung up on Keel a little bit, but there's a, a theory by John Keel that he writes about in the Mothman Prophecies is that um, that all of those things, all of those phenomenon are really linked uh, to kind of one big phenomenon, and that and that one big phenomenon causes those problems to be with, you know, your recording equipment. I mean, Stefan, you know this from just the other night you were trying to record something your phone's like only weeks old and it wasn't working right so yeah we we saw we talked about it on this episode as we we saw nine um unidentified flying objects in a row um as well as watching the the international space station fly over which kind of gave us a point of reference and yeah i tried recording that couldn't get anything it was just pitch black, but yet I could wow. see I could see all the other stars. Even in the video, you can see the other stars that are there that are just as bright, but you couldn't see what we were seeing. Yeah, and I was so like, "What right. the hell, man?" That's Area Fifty One for you. Area Fifty One, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you know that's the whole theory, though, that uh, your your equipment only works when the phenomenon wants to let it work. So right, and you never know, man. Um, there's a lot of unexplained things that uh, like area 51 and so forth so you can't really you know you can't really mess with it goes back to like control so you can't really mess what's out there that makes money and one of the biggest things that makes money for this world is religion yep and if you explain and prove there's another galaxy and Captain Kirk is a real person, you know, and then, you know, and, and you see these aliens and all this stuff, the whole economy and everything that from the constitutions to different nations, everything would crumble and have to be rebuilt because they were like, Oh, it's a lie. The whole thing was a lie. Yeah. You know, and it'll totally, you know, and you can't, you know, you can't look at the Corona thing. Now you can't even control somebody stay in their damn house, you know, no. <laughs> So imagine, imagine the theories and everything if it was proven. Oh yeah, I mean, I, Stephanie and I were talking just just a couple of days ago about how much how much money the church, you know, the the church brings in, um, you know, for the church and the church related activities. And you're right. I mean, if you were to uh, if you were to somehow you know show irrefragable proof 
of, of extraterrestrials or whatever, then that would shatter a lot of those preconceived notions. Yeah. And that would be a, we, we covered an episode on the vaults of the Vatican. And it's like, you know, there are many people there that believe that they do have proof of all of those things, but hide yeah. that for that purpose. Because, I mean, they're thousands of years into a big business at this point. And right. they, have their own, they have their own country. Vatican City is its <laughs> own principality. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And that's just the Catholics. You know what I mean? It's like, we're not even talking about the, the Islam or Hindu or right. other yep. things. Though some of them, like Hinduism, <laughs> some of their myths kind of li- lend itself. Yeah. To, <laughs> I, I, I feel stuff. like... I feel like they would just roll with the punches. Yeah, on that I think one. they'd like, be like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, Vishnu. that works." <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Vishnu. Yeah, yeah. I'm studying Jedi now, so I'm just gonna go, <laughs> go with it. Yep, that's me too. Me too. Well, you uh, know, just the whole, keeping myself open. The whole idea of around, you know, we we've talked about it before. Around, um, uh, you can be spiritual without being religious. Correct. So. Right. Right. Yep. I'd rather be spiritual anyways. I, 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 I love my, uh, you know, I, I say pagan more than I say Wiccan because I am also Buddhist and some other things. And I like to kind of take the things that I want that work for me. I'm ever growing, ever constant. There's a lot of things from Christianity that are still a part of my life. Your hodgepodge. Right. Yeah. It's my hodgepodge. It's ever evolving. It just, don't, don't jump around like, like holidays though. Don't be a Irish yeah. St. Patrick's day in Mexico. Yeah. The Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I get them, like, I get them all. Cancun, baby, Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> I get them all. Well, it's funny. I told Keith the other day that if you want to scare me from my neighborhood, don't burn a cross in my front yard, burn a question mark. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because man, there's just I have I have too many questions, man, and not enough answers yet, and I'm I right, constantly. Right. I think that's all a personal spirit relationship, a personal travel. Um, you know, because you most of the time you try to look for answers, it's right there in front of your face, and you just you know. But a lot yeah. of people listen to people with their own theories you know yes and you I just mean, gotta I've been in, open yourself yeah i mean it, you can't you you gotta test the waters but try to test it without being freaking fully committed to it because it just it'll, it'll get you mindset confused and you're like well what is the truth and you're the whole deal what if what happens what this right you know and it just destroys your mind man you know experience it travel mm-hmm. yourself get to know it do the marketing thing, do the, 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 how you say the research and get right. to know for yourself. Well, and even then, I mean, it's like, I'm like, come on, Christians, your Bible is full of the neatest, coolest, weirdest stuff ever. Like, <laughs> I mean, you guys like there's, you know, for example, you got the Nephilim and I bring that up cause I saw you were in the Nephilim Chronicles there. Yay! <laughs> but like, yeah, Nephilim are so what a crazy cool thing to have in your religious history, you know, and and we did a whole episode on biblical creatures and stuff like that. And it's like, I, uh, if anyone should be believing in the paranormal, it's Christians, you know, right? the Nephilim, the the giants. Yeah. The behemoths and just everything, man. And they have a thing, the lady in there called the witch of Endor. I mean, like, come on, there's some cool stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's some cool stuff in there, man. I mean, you got you got the Jewish people who blew on a horn and knocked the city down. 
you know, because a voice came out of a golden box. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's cool, so you could think my stuff's cool too. <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny. Oh, man. So, yeah. Well, hey, um, this is, let me say that this has been a great, uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, having you on. I, me I too, hope that, man. I hope we can do it again, make like a part do, if you will. Yeah, um, do it. I'll come in with my radio voice. We are live here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, talking about the scary, the buoy, the brrrr. Yeah, we've got Santiago Cirillo here. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, we're, we're we're. I think we need to start uh, kind of wrapping things up. We we I'm sure we could keep going forever and ever, but I know we all we all got. Uh, uh, things that we've got to get done. Um, real quick, if you could just take a couple minutes and say, you know, what, where can people find you? Which, what have you got going on that you want to let uh, our listeners know about? Well, right now, um, after one is once this uh, thing opens up, this Corona thing opens up, uh, I'll be back filming. I got a movie called Slottery that's finished that we did in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Which much love to people in Jonesboro going through a tornado and stuff. Um, Oh yeah, uh, and I am working on a deal with a vampire-themed TV show that I'm filming in Clarksville, Tennessee, with some Sci-Fi Channel friends of mine, uh, Rick Prince, um, and um, I'm working on book two of of uh, the zombie uh, zombified the headhunter. Mm-hmm. Which, Got that uh, right there. We'll be sharing cool. that on our website as well. People can get a link straight to the first book uh, and all of that. We we have that on our guest page. Um, I'm interested in this body jackers, man. That looks cool. <laughs> oh yeah, that's actually a show, a TV show that's up on the desk of HBO, man. Um, and hopefully it works good. Elizabeth White. The director. Yeah, it um, looks cool, and, man. Uh, she does stuff for HBO and Showtime. Uh, yeah, I got a lot, man. It's it's a serious way, you know. So we'll see. Yeah, man. Anytime you guys you got stuff going on, let us know, and we'll share it out to our fans and all that stuff, man. We we love our guests like we love our family, man. Yep. And uh, Santi, I appreciate I know, it, man. If people wanted to follow you on social media or anything, where where can they find you? Man, I'm on everything. Google my name, Santiago Cirillo. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm personal with everybody, so I, I give you the you know, the response. It won't be a robot. It'll be me. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I I absolutely agree with that, man. You're so personable, man, and I feel like we made some good friends today, man. Man, I thank you guys for the opportunity, man. And uh, just a quick thing out there. You guys know I'm an infantry veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family's been in it since World War II. And I just want to, uh, you guys to, uh, I do a thing called the Haya Nation Movement. It's against bullying, against suicide. Uh, telling people from young adults, to, I mean, from kids to, to adults, to live life, follow their dreams, and always be you. So I uh, hope you guys support that out there. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Man. Absolutely. And definitely. you get your way to Louisville uh, anytime soon, let us know. We'll buy you dinner. Uh, if not, if later this year, I'll be living in Phoenix. So if you're out that way, let me know. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Showtime. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but cool, man. We appreciate you. And uh, like we said, again, we'd love to have you on at any time, man. So if you got some cool stuff later on down the road, we can do another getting spooky part do with you. We would absolutely appreciate it, man. And we thank hey, you. Hey, I'm in there. Prego. 
I'm in there like Prego. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Let me dip my pasta in it, man. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Shit, we're going to have to call Pornhub and see if we can get a, a deal with them. Yeah, I'm sure Keith knows a guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, thanks again, man, and we will catch you on the flip side, man. All right, man. Take care. Live life, y'all. All right. Thanks. Ooh, man, how great was Santiago, man? Yeah, that was a that was a great interview, and he just he is just a uh, a bundle of positive energy. I yeah, man, that's my kind of dude, man. Yeah, I like uh, that. We all uh, we all need some more positive energy. I think I think even now even nowadays everybody's just kind of getting drawn down in all the negative stuff. So for sure, for sure. But yeah, make sure to check out his his Facebook and all that stuff, um, and uh, Instagram and and all that jazz. You know we'll be tagging him there and just search Google. You'll be able to find his IMDB page and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and check out the, you know, we're going to be, you know, the high, uh, man, I'm just yeah. all about it. His organization yeah. as well yeah. as, um, all that. And we'll be posting his book on our guest page as well. Um, so we'll be checking that out, but yeah, thanks again, Santiago. If you're listening, man, thank you so much. We really, yep. really appreciate it. It was a great, great show. Uh, whew, lots of, lots of stuff. Thanks to Keith, man, for hooking us up. Um, but yeah, I guess we need to move into our listener store before we get out of here. <laughs> yep. We gotta, gotta get crack a lack and man, I'm just still high off of uh, Santiago, man. <laughs> so I know I'm going to go back and watch uh, those walking dead episodes again with him in it just so I can be like, I know you, man. I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but I do remember his character. Like I said, I did sign up that, uh, that, that uh change.org petition petition man because he was cool i was hoping to see more from him um but anyways the listener story that we're going to get into is uh it's you know it's a pretty good one um from the same person i believe we had them last week um gene uh moorfield um this is their second story if it wasn't last week it was the week before uh, but this is another one that comes from Haunted History of Kentucky. Um, there's a lot of scary in Kentucky. And uh, this works perfect because it makes me wonder if this is the house that Santiago was talking about. I'm just, uh. I'm just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. Um, but yeah, this is that listener story. Another true story about the house I grew up in. As I said before... The house was built around 1900 in Lexington, Kentucky, and is haunted by an unknown woman ghost. In some of my previous stories, I told of the premonition of the untimely death of my brother. In another, I talked about the ghost lady that appeared to me, then to the new homeowner's young child years later. This story that I'm going to tell you started as a simple matter of my wife helping my mother remodel one of the bedrooms in this old house back in the 1980s. They decided to put new wallpaper up, and my wife was tasked with the job of picking the wallpaper. She looked at a lot of wallpaper in several different stores and finally picked one she liked in a store in Louisville. So my mom and my wife started removing the many layers of wallpaper. When they got down to the original layer, yep, it was an exact match to the wallpaper my wife had purchased. We were all in disbelief. How could this be possible? What are the odds? I now believe that the ghost lady that haunts this house is the original owner. And somehow she influenced my wife in her choice as to what wallpaper to buy. I believe she somehow warned me of my brother's death. And she revealed herself to me and to the new homeowner's young child. 
a child that I have never met. I still drive by my old childhood home, but I don't stop anymore. Sometimes I see the nice lady outside working in the yard. She told me she loves the house and would never leave. You know, my mama said the exact same thing. This house gets a hold on you that will never let go. And it keeps drawing me back from time to time. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, too, just the two stories from Gene are just incredible. And there's something about that house. And yeah, hey, you know, I was like, here's a 120-year-old house. You know, I'm like, oh, is this the same house? Yeah. But I don't know. Well, I didn't hear anything about no Underground Railroad and stuff, but still very well, cool. Makes me wonder, you know, we, when we did uh, the, the, the uh, episode about uh, Culbertson Mansion, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder if, uh, if the mistress of that house, you know, um, influences... Uh, restoration designs yeah because it was her house right maybe that yeah that was a big thing was that she was the decorator right so um yeah it's just it's again talking about the word from the encyclopedia even Mm -hmm. um you know that it was it was a it was a contact not with a smell but with the sight of the old wallpaper right right very very interesting and who knows how many layers of wallpaper they went through you know oh yeah yeah how funny man very very interesting but yeah make sure you guys if you want to see your listener story or hear your listener story excuse me send those to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com um we love those we want those find us on any of those facebook groups that we're on shoot us a message there um or hit us up on our social media you can find us at fearscape um uh at fearscape pod that's on Instagram, Twitter, as well as Facebook. Um, you can also get our YouTube page. That's um, fierce, YouTube.com slash Fearscape Media. All of this can be found on our website, FearscapePodcast.com. Yep. And uh, again, just uh, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of what we're doing on YouTube or uh, you just want to help us out, you know, we have Patreon. Uh, we have a store that you can get some awesome T-shirts from. We're still working on uh, we want to make sure that we can get you all some uh, some really awesome blankets for our blanket hugger community. Uh, so while we're still working on the the uh, uh, um, uh, items for that, but but in the meantime, you can go out there and get you a shirt, a hat, a tote bag, a pillow, all kinds of stuff with some really awesome designs from Fearscape. Yeah, so you can find all of that on our website, fearscapepodcast.com. You can find the link to our Patreon, to our online store, and to all of our social media, as well as um, links to all of our episodes, uh, past and present. So you make sure, check that stuff out, and uh, you know, uh, you know, it, it'll hold you over until next week. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we have a really, really cool episode next week that we're excited to share with you. Another getting spooky episode. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But once again, I want to thank Santiago so much. Thank you. Thank you for yep. coming on to our show. You are an absolute blast. And to that, I say hi-ya! Hi-ya! That's right. And, uh, but we're going to get out of here. Josh, thanks for, thanks for sticking by me, man. Appreciate well, thanks it. for complimenting my nostrils. That was... Oh, well, just the thumb one. Yeah, just a thumb nostril. Uh, but yeah, so we're out of here. Uh, this has been Stefan. I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. So we'll catch you guys later. Good night, everybody. Good night. 
I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. <laughs> Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fear Escape. Ha 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 ha